listening to the bob and bo show here are your hosts ty bob ty bo and sean welcome back to the show everyone i am ty bob joined by ty bo and sean uh if you're if you're watching this on youtube i am sorry for what your eyes are beholding uh and the fucking <laughs> good lord get lost uh you're the only person that said anything negative about it it's it's november folks it's for <laughs> it's for a good reason it's, it's for, for a good, good reason i'll probably take this off eventually it'll just be a stack <laughs> tybo for anybody who doesn't know what movember is will you explain it for them really quickly so um you you look it up on the internet and you can find like places to donate but it's just like i mean i, I don't know how effective it is but it's for men's mental health awareness um of, of all the people that I uh, know personally or know of that have committed suicide, a majority of them have been male. Um, male suicide numbers are crazy as they are, um, but it's just a month uh, to do something funny to raise awareness for that stuff in a world where there's a lot of problems, men's mental health, you know, it doesn't seem like the biggest issue, but it is an issue. So. And I think it's uh, for men's health all over, because if I remember correctly, um, like through high school and whatnot, when it's November started, it was uh, to, for testicular cancer awareness as well. So I think they've oh, okay. grouped it all together. Uh, if I remember correctly, which is, which is good. Hey, we're getting awareness out there for everyone. Uh, it's a fun way to do it. You will not see me shave my face. It's not happening. Uh, I will support, uh, but this thing's not going away. Uh, with that said, folks, we've had a wild, wild trade deadline end. Uh, as we're recording this, it is the 1st of November. Trade deadline ended for us uh, four hours ago. Uh, so we're going to be going through all of that info. Uh, but before we get to the nitty-gritty details of a hot and spicy trade deadline, I believe Tybo has got a hot and spicy top five for us. Uh, you're not going to find much spice on this top five, Ty Bob, uh, just to, you know, throw it out there. It's my top five desserts. Um, going to be a very cool and creamy top five. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, recommended or suggested by Mr. Nichols, uh, on Twitter, um, doing another suggestion from him. This came, uh, along with the, uh, potato suggestion. Top five ways to prepare potatoes. Um, so that just shows you we're not getting any suggestions in. Let's go, people. Um, Mr. Nichols, Bob and I will, <laughs> Mr. Nichols, I will do your other top five of my top five desserts. Um, these aren't going to be desserts that I prepare. These are just like my favorite desserts to eat. Um, I do have one honorable mention going right into it. Uh, the drumstick. Oh. The dipped cone, the nuts on top, the little bit of chocolate at the end of the cone. Crazy. It's also, it's also not too much. Like I've I've had some party like big drumsticks in my life, but the the little ones that come out of the package are like just just perfect. But they're not good enough to make the top five. They're obviously just an honorable mention tier uh, dessert. 
I need to add into that because there is one that I have had a drumstick that I have had that we, I believe would go in your top five. If you've had, I don't know if you've seen it anywhere, but it is the, uh, uh, fried chicken ice cream. Oh shit. It's amazing. So what they do is they take <laughs> the ice cream and they form it into, or they, uh, they take a chocolate covered pretzel and then they wrap the ice cream around it and form it as if it's a chicken leg. And then they basically wrap it in like, uh, I think it's cinnamon toast crunch, right? They smash it up and then roll it in there and then they throw it in like what would be a KFC chicken bucket. Uh, they pack it filled with like dry ice and then they'll ship it around the country. You can't go and buy it. You have to have it shipped to you. Honestly, one of the best things I've ever had, dessert-wise. Wow. Fantastic. I'll certainly shake up this top five if I've ever had it. Uh, <laughs> but moving on. Number five. Uh, a cheesecake of any, almost any variation. The at classic five? New York at five. Just get ready. Just, I mean, okay. come on. Okay. At five. A classic New York cheesecake with, like, strawberry on top is probably my preferred, but like there are some really good variations of cheesecake out there that have blown me away. So usually if it's got cheesecake in the name, I'll get it on a dessert menu. Uh, very versatile. Um, I love making cheesecakes though, as well. Um, this might be the only one on my list that I can actually make. make Which is better to you homemade or going out to a restaurant and getting it going out to a restaurant. I'm not, I mean, I can make a good cheesecake, but it's it's the stuff that makes a cheesecake good. There's like very like small particular things that you could do to it. I don't like have the patience or whatever to do that. So it is what it is. I'd rather have somebody else prepare my cheesecake. Uh, number four, banana pudding and vanilla wafers or banana cream pie. There's a lot of fancy variations that I've seen people do online that have, that incorporate banana pudding and vanilla wafers. It's just a it's just a match made in heaven. I don't get to eat it very often, but like I can I can make my own. It doesn't come close to like a fancy restaurant dessert that'll that'll do something special every now and then. But banana cook banana pudding and vanilla wafers have has been like a like special occasion thing um for me as a kid for you know my whole life so not gonna escape the top five uh, it's a lovely dessert number three uh my top three are very like the contention is that is just ridiculous it, it could have gone either way this could have been my number one but number three is creme brulee whenever i go to a fancy restaurant or you know i don't know any a date usually like me me and my wife will get our favorite desserts always go on creme brulee that i based on their mint like if we're trying to go somewhere for a special occasion i'll look at the menu if they don't have a creme brulee i'm like we're not going <laughs> unless unless they have something else i'm like super super wanting to try if they don't have a creme brulee i'm not going so that's creme fire that's at number three that's how i that's how seriously i take that like creme brulee is the first time I had a creme brulee, it blew my mind. I was like, what is this? I saw my honeymoon. It was amazing. Yeah. Number two, um, shout out my Aunt Rhonda, Rhonda Hart out there living uh mid Missouri, like near Mobley, Missouri, somewhere out there. Um Blackberry Cobbler Ooh. and a scoop of ice cream. The tartness 
they got to be good blackberries. Like the blackberries have to be in season. They got to be good blackberries. The right person's got to make it. And for me, it's my aunt Rhonda, maybe my grandma or grandma Shirley. Uh, maybe even now my cousin Jill. Um, <laughs> but so almost anybody now. It's it's it's. I mean, it, not even necessarily family recipe. There's just something in our blood that we just we they know how to make it. So, uh, it's fantastic. It's hard to put words to it. Um, again, one of those desserts that the first time I had it, I just wanted another bowl. I was like, oh my god. And number one, my wife makes this for me every year on my birthday. We wish it had a better name um, because I know the whole controversy behind the drink and the name, but an Irish car bomb brownie. Um, you have the three different types of alcohol mixed in with the three layers. You got brownies on bottom. You got cheesecake in the middle. You got chocolate ganache on top. The ganache has the whiskey. The cheesecake has uh, the Baileys and the brownies have the beer. And then oh, I've not had that. You you bake the, it in one or twice there. Yeah, you bake the cheesecake and the brownie together, and then you get the ganache on top and you cool it. And like you can freeze it, it preserves for a long time. When when Zoe makes stuff, she can't make it make small portions. So I get a lot of it made around my birthday. We freeze like a brick of it. <laughs> but uh I'll, when the first the first time I had it, um, I was like, I want this every year on my birthday, and it's worth it to wait a whole year, um, because if I had it all the time, I'd be ten times larger than I am right now. Um, but Irish Carbon Brownie, um, if you've never heard about it, try to Google search a recipe up for it because it is divine. It's interesting. It's a good top five. I can't say I agree with it. I don't think Sean fully agrees with it. That's all right. I agree with most of them on there. It's yours. Sean's had the Irish carp on brownies. So I can't can't disagree with that one because I've never had it. It sounds like it would be amazing. I'm a huge. I love love Guinness. I love Irish car bombs when I go out. So uh, maybe Saturday. It'd be fun. It's not my birthday. It's not not my birthday. I'm talking about the drink. Oh. You never had an Irish car bomb? No, no, I have. I haven't had oh. the brownie. I'm saying when when Whiskey Fest is over, maybe we can uh, we can go over to the to the pub and grab us a couple. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like we're trying to black out, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened. The last uh, we'll, time I did, I will... <laughs> we'll figure it out. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, Weston, uh, Missouri, does have their Whiskey Fest. It's the Weston Tobacco Whiskey Fest. Uh, on Saturday, if you're going to be there, find us. We all three will be there. Uh, it'll be good to meet some of you guys. Uh, the so team just... building activity. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sean's making the trip from uh, whiskey and cigars. Exactly. Yeah. Sean's making the trip from Old Tigerville. So uh, if you listen, he got it right and... this time. He knows where you live, Sean. I know where you live now. <laughs> That's troublesome. Uh, <laughs> Come and meet us there. Um, there are tickets online. You can find them. Just Google uh, Weston Whiskey Fest. It's one of the one of the best times of the year uh, for me. Uh, so we'll be happy to see you there if you make it. Um, with that said, folks, deadline day was incredible. This is the largest amount of trades I have seen in my lifetime in remembrance. I think, Sean, you were saying it's the most trades at a deadline that we've seen in NFL history. 
Yeah, I believe I saw that. A tweet today was, I believe today was 10. Not too certain on that, but I believe I saw it was 10. Quite a they're few. Trying to, I, they're trying to steal the NBA's only gimmick. They're already, <laughs> they're already killing in, in, in viewers, but they, they just want to steal their gimmick. And we need to make a bunch of trades at the trade deadline. They're taking was, Christmas Day away from uh, uh, NBA this year, too. Yeah. Might as well. Might as well. I think there was roughly 16. I've got a bunch of updates here. We'll go through them. To start off, we'll just go with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to to kick it off. Obviously, we had the Kadarius Tony trade, uh, which happened uh, uh, before the the weekend, before Week Eight games kicked off. That podcast has already come out. Uh, go back and listen to it if you haven't, because um, we give our thoughts on how that should shape Kansas City's future for the rest of this season and for the next couple of years, because he's got uh, some years left on the contract. But the Chiefs did release some news um, after the deadline was over. Uh, Well, before I get there, because this impacts that, the Kansas City Chiefs have traded at the deadline, excuse me, a Rashad Fenton to the Atlanta Falcons for a conditional seventh round pick. That clears up $1.4 million in cap space. That comes from at Matt Verderami. I believe he was the first one to break that news. Uh, so very interesting. The Kansas City Chiefs believe that they have enough cap space or excuse me, enough uh, uh, corners and DBs to be able to cover that room now that everybody's becoming healthy because about two minutes after that news was dropped, the Kansas City Chiefs at Chiefs dropped the news themselves that they have activated cornerback uh, Trent McDuffie from the injured reserves. Uh, so he is back, guys, knowing that we've got Kadarius Tony, We've gotten rid of Rashad Fenton, which adds $1.4 million in cap space. I believe that puts us around $4.4 million to operate and bring anybody in who is a free agent. Uh, maybe Nandama Kasu, maybe OBJ, maybe no one. Uh, what does this outlook look like for the Kansas City Chiefs operating through the rest of the season? I think this looks like Similar to last year, not really with the Melvin Ingram thing, but actually a few years ago, whenever uh, Terrell Suggs was released, a situation like that could come about with another team. Somebody is going to be released at the end of the year. He's good chance they could clear waivers and they get to pick where they go. So why not have a little bit more money for the Chiefs there? And with Trent McDuffie coming back, that's like trading for a player as well because we have not had him at all this year besides week one. Trading him to from the IR. Yeah. But uh, speaking of players getting released, um, there's a couple of cornerbacks floating out there. Um, Sidney Jones from from the Seahawks. There's another name out there. So those are those are sneaky moves that I think our fan base probably isn't uh, hoping for or thinking that they're going to make. But um, the type of move that I think Brett Veach um, would 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 do. Um, but I think this is just kind of like a standard business decision in the NFL. Um, we're freeing a little bit of money on the books. Um, we're getting a conditional seventh-round pick. So, at, I mean, at minimum, it's a possible cheap body on the roster next year. We've talked about how many holes this team is going to have next year. So, it's – I don't – it may be not a no-brainer, but it's just like a why not, you know, type of thing. Um, we have players that are playing better than Rashad Fenton. And a seventh um, round pick at that. Yeah, Josh Williams. He's he's a seventh rounder, right? 
thought it was Jalen. And it's, and it's uh, yeah, Jalen Watson was the uh, was the Jaylen seventh rounder. Oh my bad. Uh, Josh Williams was the uh, fourth rounder. I won't give you a fine. And, yeah, well, you could if you want to. <laughs> uh, but what you were talking about that that uh, report came in from at Schultz under report. Uh, he said uh, uh, the releasing news of Sidney Jones. He's only 26. Uh, he did start all of last season for the Seahawks, so that would be a big pickup. Uh, probably stash away on the practice squad uh, and see if in- any injuries arise um, yeah. going going throughout. That wouldn't be a bad place to start stashing some of these guys, but they do have to clear waivers. Because we are – I think somebody else has tweeted this as well, but we are – banking a lot on the health of some young guys um one who's already had a trip to the ir so yeah let's start off with our news starting on saturday there was a big trade uh in the nfl um from at adam schefter uh compensation update uh this was uh, uh post the trade of bears linebacker raquan smith that went to the ravens uh he said the Bears have traded Raquan Smith uh, in exchange for a second and a fifth round pick. Uh, so big pickings for Roquan Smith to the Bears. I'm assuming not as much as they were wanting, uh, but he did have low contract years. I believe this was the last year on the deal. Um, and that's a big, big, big pickup for the Ravens. Um, hurts the defense for the Bears, uh, but the Ravens, got some much needed help on that defense uh knowing that their corners or a lot of dbs went down yeah i seems more of a move that the ravens would have liked to make with a better record um at this point um it's not quite the all-in move that maybe some somebody or some in their fan base or some on their team were hoping for um, cause Roquan Swift, Smith, oh my goodness, is not <laughs> like he was playing, he was having one of his better years and the bears were still second worst on defense. So that just shows you, I, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about it because they're, they're criticizing how much the bear, the Ravens gave up for him. Even when we think it's not a, like a two and a five, it's not a lot, um, there's people out there that still think they overpaid because how much can that type of linebacker uh, make a difference on the game? And, you know, it, it might not be that much. And I don't think that, I don't think that move puts the Ravens in any better playoff situation. Like they're not, they're still not beating the bills. They might not even beat the Bengals. I know they did by a little bit, but I'm talking about in the playoffs, you know? No, I get you. I will say we'll help them with tackling because Roquan is leading the NFL in tackles this year. He's not going to do much for sacking or anything like that, but tackling is fine. And the Bears did not want to pay him what he's going to be getting this next contract because that was going to be crazy money for a linebacker that does not sack the quarterback. But this looks great for the Bears for in future years. He is a fairly good coverage linebacker. I think it works out well um for both sides and i and for both sides being the teams and i think it works out very well for roquan smith just simply because he 
like, why do you want to stay with the Bears at this point? They traded away your friends. They're obviously not willing to give you a contract, and they haven't really had a betterment to get better. Um, it's not a team I would want to necessarily be a part of. You know, I think their their other deadline move is is actually pretty interesting. They're bringing in more draft capital. They're going to be they're going to be younger next year, and on an already young team. Um, hopefully, they get some help on the offensive line. But Claypool, um, maybe not leading, but like another target next to Mooney, um, seems like a seems like a decent formula for the offense. And um, you know, who knows what they could do in the draft next year. Yeah, they have $100 million in cap space after this year, so right. they're going to be making a lot of moves. Yeah, though that uh, that trade that Tybo was talking about comes from Field Yates and Adam Schefter. Uh, the Bears have uh, traded uh, for wide, uh, Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool. Um, that trade ended up being a second-round pick from the Bears uh, going to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. That's a big-time move. Uh, I've seen a lot of people give the grade of a C minus to a D minus uh, for the Bears. They believe that they gave up too high of a pick. Uh, we do know that Green Bay was supposedly, quote unquote, all in on getting Chase Claypool, but they were not willing to give up more than a third round pick. So clearly they were not all in on getting Chase Claypool. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, well, I thought they put up the same... I thought they put up the same offer as the Bears, but the Bears were going to have a, they thought were going to have a higher pick than the Packers. They did end up going back with a second. Uh, the initial reports were they weren't going to go higher than a third. They did go the same route with the second round pick. Uh, it was just expected that the Bears, even with Chase Claypool, would have a worse record and therefore a higher pick uh, right. than, the, than the Packers. Um. We'll go on to the next bit of news. Uh, PFF uh, early in the day had released that the Rams had offered two first round picks for uh, Carolina Panthers, Brian Burns, uh, but the Panthers turned that one down. It's two first round picks. Now with some context, the, the Rams don't have a first round pick for this 2023 draft. So that would be a first round pick for the 20, uh, 24 draft. And then the 25th draft, um, I can see why they turned it down at the same time. It's two first round picks for a non quarterback. Very interesting. Um, but there's not much news there. It's it's, it was also expected that they just weren't going to trade him. Um, there was another big one coming from Adam Schefter. Uh, the uh, Vikings traded for Detroit lions, tight end TJ Hawkinson. They got Hawkinson uh, and a fourth round pick, uh, excuse me, a 23 fourth round pick and a 24 fourth round pick while the lions get a 23 second round pick and a 24 third round pick. Seems like the lions don't get the fair share of that deal. In my mind, what, what are you guys thinking? One thing the Vikings really need is a tight end. Irv Smith Jr. just went out pretty much for the year. Go and get TJ Hawkinson from one of your division rivals for really doesn't seem like that much, but it's a Lions man. For somebody that's shown the level of talent and ability that TJ Hawkinson has, you know, last year, this year, he looks he looks pretty good. Um, but I don't necessarily grade this 
very highly on either side. I think it's a really, really dumb move by the Lions giving a, a division rival a weapon like that. They're basically just giving them what they need to, to what the Vikings feel like they can compete in the playoffs. But, you know, I don't think TJ Hawkinson, while he is a great player and a great tight end and probably a little bit of an upgrade from Irv Smith Jr., I don't think it changes up their offense as that much um, to where I, I think, you know, I, I still think they're contenders, but I don't know um, looking into the season now, I don't know if they can beat the Eagles. No, I don't, I don't think that helps them beat the Eagles. Uh, and, and it could. Uh, you look at the Vikings and they're a pre- predominantly running team. Um, given TJ Hawkinson is a fairly great, a fairly good pass catcher, I'd say is a pass catching tight end. He's probably up around the top 15 in the league, which obviously isn't that great, but he was also not being thrown to that much in uh, Detroit. He is also a great blocking tight end coming out of Iowa, like most Iowa tight ends are. Uh, see Greg Kittle. Um, so it, it is. Uh, it's an interesting move, but Tybo, yeah, I don't think that really moves the needle on either side. Uh, we did have a blockbuster trade today from Adam Schefter. Denver has traded linebacker Bradley Chubb, outside linebacker, to the Dolphins for a package that includes the 2023 first round pick. Uh, it also included another pick. Um Let's see. Yeah, it was a 23 first round pick from San Francisco, a 24 fourth round pick and Chase Edmonds, Denver, uh, which goes to Denver. Miami got uh, Bradley Chubb, obviously, and a 25 fifth round pick. Uh, Big numbers. Miami's going to have to end up paying him as well. What's this looking like for um, Miami's like like cap situation that's going to be going on? You just paid a big old contract to Tyreek. uh Tua is in his third season so he's got one more year plus his fifth year option Waddle's locked up for a bit but you guys got you got guys on defense that need to get paid uh you got guys all around that are going to need to be paid to go along and push that into the Super Bowl how does this one push them for this year and two uh affect how they can build their team moving forward Is that a fine for the double question? That's a good question. <laughs> That's, you guys, well, you guys set that we'll precedent. Play, we'll I didn't play the tape on that, and uh, we'll we'll decide. But I think that might have been a fine because I, I I got lost. I was looking at some other stuff, and I also I also like where is he? Going? Were you talking about the Chubb trade or the, or the yeah? It's the Chubb trade. How does how does it affect the cap situation and being able to build their team, and how does it? Um, propel them forward for this season trying to obtain or at least reach the Super Bowl? They think they're going all in. Because, like, I mean, you can't, you can't talk about – you can't talk about just the Chubb trade and not talk about the Jeff Wilson trade. Like, Miami thinks they're going all in. I still don't think they're good enough to be more than a first or second round exit in the playoffs. But I don't know much about the numbers – they they're just they they signed a veteran pass rusher to kind of complete their defense, um, or maybe help round it out. And I don't know if he can complete it or not. But 
Um, they move out Chase Edmonds. They bring in Jeff Wilson. They they like their offense. They like what they can do, and they're trying to bolster their defense to be competitive. But I don't think this this doesn't get them to their immediate goal if it's Super Bowl. Like maybe they just want to get to the playoffs and feel good about this year and build momentum going into the next year. But this isn't. You're not contending. You're not contending with the Chiefs and the Bills and some of the other teams in the AFC playoffs. I do think the Jeff Wilson trade will be very smooth since Mike McDaniels did just leave San Francisco. So he will hop right in and have an impact right away. That's why they've won it all. Nothing but X X Niners running backs. <laughs> and how, uh, Sean, how does this affect their ability to build their team for the future, knowing that they're either going to have to pay this guy or that they just gave up a first round pick for a guy that's going to be there for the rest of the season? I think they're going to try to make him the staple of their defense now. Uh, probably let some of their cornerbacks go that are going to walk and demand some money. Tua's still on his rookie year. Jalen's still on his rookie year. You paid Tyreek already. You have the main guys already there for a little bit. They just need a few more pieces to really solidify their core, and they can build out in the draft. And that's kind of what the Chiefs have done in the past. They let They let cornerbacks go all the time. They you want to build the D line and and pay your cornerbacks as little to nothing as possible. There's a lot of young talent out there. Um, we saw in this last draft that can that can hold their own. I'm not gonna say hold an NFL wide receiver, but hold their own against them. Um, so that's 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 not a common or that's not an uncommon philosophy. Yeah, go back and, and see the the Kendall Fuller deal. Brought him in for a couple years on the rest of his rookie contract, and then let him walk back to the Washington Commies. Uh, speaking of Commies, there was a trade coming out of there. They traded away corner Williams Jackson to the Steelers. Uh, I believe it was for a seventh rounder or a sixth rounder. Um, that came from Dov Kleiman. Um, interesting deal. He was a fringe player. They did threaten to just cut him uh, should a trade not be done. Um, he would have had to clear waivers and then who knows where he would have gone. Uh, it's a decent pickup for the Steelers, probably just a depth piece. Well, the big reason they wanted to trade him was because he was more of a man cornerback and they played a lot of zone. And even whenever they got him into Washington, the coach and the defensive coordinator were like very confused with that. It's like, we play mainly zone, but okay. Yes. Um, just a couple quick ones here to finish up uh the uh jaguars in an interesting trade uh the jaguars acquired falcons receiver calvin ridley uh the compensation uh was finalized seeing if i can uh find it here i did not save that i believe it was uh, it was a conditional fifth fourth rounder that could turn into a third rounder that could turn into a second rounder if certain marks are met i believe as long as he's on the it's a for sure a fifth rounder if he stays on the um roster for next season it will turn into a third rounder if they sign if they extend uh calvin ridley it will turn into a second rounder uh so it is a future pick, not one that'll come up uh, in 23. I believe it was either 24 or 25. Uh, what's interesting about this is 
the team that he is now currently on is also the team that faced the Falcons when Calvin Ridley placed his bet and got suspended. He placed a bet last year, which got him the one year suspension. It was on the Falcons and Jaguars. He obviously bet for the uh, Falcons to win, uh, but just an interesting little piece there. Uh, obviously will not do anything for this season as he is still suspended, uh, but could go in. Uh, and we know that Calvin Ridley is a pretty good wide receiver. He's still young at 27. Uh, I don't know if that shakes up a whole lot, um, but what are your guys' thoughts? Well, you, you can't talk about this trade and not talk about the betting situation. It's the definition of irony. It's good TV. I hope the people that orchestrated this trade did it on purpose um, because that makes the NFL watchable. You know, like the irony is great. I love it. Um, the Jaguars need to get rid of Trevor Lawrence and they might actually have a team. So <laughs> next year. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I can say about it. Uh, let's see if Trevor Lawrence is a bust or not. We'll find big out bust. very quickly. I think big old. A, I think he's a big old solid, bust. A super tall bust quarterback. Very average. Yeah. Um, the Broncos traded uh, per Ra- Ian Rappaport. The Broncos traded to get a little bit of depth uh, from the Jets. It was one of their edge rushers, Jacob Martin. Um, not really. I. Not really much to go in there. I think uh, the Jets traded away Martin plus a couple of picks and got one pick back. Uh, It was just to fill some depth with Bradley Chubb leaving. Uh, But in a somewhat surprising and you could call it a blockbuster move if you wanted to from Adam Schefter and Tom Pelissaro, the Colts traded Naheem Hines uh, to the Buffalo Bills. It was for Zach Moss and a sixth rounder. a fifth rounder and Naheem Hines will go uh, to the bills. Uh, So a little bit of movement there. Uh, The bills uh, or excuse me to the Colts. Uh, The bills did need uh, not necessarily a return specialist. They'll get that in Naheem Hines if they need to use it, but a guy who will go in and compete uh, for a one, a one B situation in the backfield, moving James cook down to the third string. Well, they, because they sent Zach Moss, right? They did say they, Zach they Moss, sent a low was... low depth chart guy and they got in somebody who's just gonna compete. Um, it's a move that I don't like because Naheem Hines has been impressive um, in a, in the past couple of years, not only just in the NFL but specifically against us. Um, he's made some big plays against the Chiefs, and I hate players that do that. So <laughs> it would have been now nice he's to on the in... Bills and he's probably gonna make plays against us in the playoffs. And it's going to aggravate me. And I'm going to be like, I talked about this. And <laughs> it would have been nice to get Naheem Hines in, send Rojo out, who obviously doesn't want to be here. That brings in a return specialist that's clearly needed for the Kansas City Chiefs. But at the end of the day, I think bringing in Kadarius Tony does help us in areas that we needed it in, anyways. Um, and I think that does it uh, for. Uh, the the trade deadline I did find one here I'm not going to shout out the the account but uh, there was apparently talks from inside um, that the Kansas City Chiefs were in talks for a few pieces Uh, one was being an offensive tackle one was uh, Josh Allen the defensive end from the Jaguars Uh, 
there was obviously talk about Brian Burns, which was never going to happen. Uh, and then finally, uh, which was a surprise, a little bit of a surprise, uh, we were in the market for a running back. I believe a few calls were made about Naheem Hines, but nothing obviously uh, was able to appear for the Kansas City Chiefs on deadline. Overall, uh, there are some pretty big moves. What are your guys' final thoughts on deadline day as a whole? It was pretty interesting for me just going through and refreshing uh, Twitter. Uh, I think it burned out my phone a little bit there, uh, <laughs> but it was pretty fun to, to see all these deals moving and shaking in the last couple of hours of the day. Yeah, it was uh, very exciting to see. I don't think anybody really made any blockbuster trades that will set them over the top of the year like we have seen in past years, but it was nice to see a few more trades happen this year. I think the closest was the Bills. Um, even though they've had they've had injuries on defense, maybe they could have used a piece back there. Um, this this just adds another playmaker to their offense. And I, he, he's, he's kind of slept on, but... A piece like that in a Buffalo Bills offense, if he if he gels, if he fits the system, if he does what they're hoping to, and be a return specialist, like the Bills are just going to be that much more aggravating for us in the playoffs because our defense is bad. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, the deadline was, you know, entertaining to say the least. Um, I think there were some fun moves made. I think Claypool to the Bears and what they're planning for um, in the next year is going to be hopeful for them, um, but maybe fun to watch. And also, I think it's going to be funny to see the Miami Dolphins fall short um, with all the moves that they're made. Um, so, um, but yeah, NFL, NFL is good TV still. Great TV. Uh, for all of you Chiefs fans who believe that the Chiefs were going to make a deal, on the deadline day uh, legitimately or have a real thought um, that the Kansas City Chiefs should or will pick up uh, Odell Beckham Jr. or Nandama before the end of the season. I got to tell you, I have a fantastic piece of property. It is beachfront. You can look out over the ocean. It's in Raytown, Missouri. All right. So hit me up. Let me know. I got that beautiful piece of property right there for you. It's at a very affordable price, too. Very affordable. <laughs> they're saving all this stuff for next year. Every, every All the room that they're making, all the, all the picks that they're acquiring, they're saving it for next year. Um, I think some bigger moves will be made next season. Um, Massive. But it's it's fun to speculate, you know. I'd like to have a dump suit on the team. I think, that, I think that would be a better add than Odell at this point. Mm-hmm. I always say great teams make moves in the offseason. They don't make them during the season. And that's just uh, and and in Chiefs history, it is shown to be true. Uh, with that, folks, we've got the rest of the season coming up. Uh, we've got on Thursday coming out the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football. We'll be playing the Titans. Uh, it will be one hell of a game, as I believe Malik Willis will go back to the bench. Ooh. Ryan Tannehill will come back off of injury. Um, we'll have to see how that one goes. So make sure to check us back out on Thursday, all platforms, make sure to get Tybo your top fives that you would like to hear from him at Bob and Bo show. And as always go chiefs, go chiefs. Go chiefs.